What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of From Broadway to Belmont. I am your host, Krista Sellens, <laughs> and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Kevin Koff. Kevin, jump in, say hello for the third time. Number three, yeah. A couple of technical difficulties here. Always a good time. I'm doing good. How about you? We've already heard the spiel, but we should probably go through it for the people. But yeah, we had the first time our recording platform didn't record, and then the second time, my computer just shut off for no reason whatsoever. So we're back. Hopefully nothing this time, but how are you, Chris? I'm doing all right. I had a good weekend. I'm not going to dive into it further than that, but um, <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty good weekend nonetheless. Um, Kevin, how, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Just the usual. Working away. Enjoying some college hoops that are on, so can't complain. Yes, sir. Seton Hall plays tomorrow. Yeah, good. it'll be good to be back. And then I uh, might stop by The Rock on Thursday as well for Devs Islanders. Always a pretty cheap ticket on a weeknight, so... Sure, love to see that. And Saturday is the first home game for the Islanders, right? Uh, a week from Saturday. So, oh, soon. the 20th. I thought it was yeah. the 13th. No, it's the 20th. So, that's coming up very soon. Uh, very exciting. Seems like I've seen a lot more pictures this week of UBS on the inside, and it looks like an absolute beauty. So, yeah, I'm it looks like go. it's going to be a, a really nice arena. I think I'm actually going to Rangers Islanders the day before Thanksgiving uh, with, I think, either my mom or my dad. I'm not sure which one is going. So, I'm pretty, pretty hype about that. Love to see yeah, that. Yeah, so that'd be some good, some good content. Yes, sir. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, decent amount of stuff has happened since we last recorded. I think. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Big news out of the Islanders. Uh, boy truck got traded. Kevin, you want to discuss? Yeah. So I guess it stems off of which we can talk about the Jack Eichel trade to the Vegas Golden Knights, but it kind of helped out the Islanders. So I was pretty pleased. So basically, we'll just kind of do a very spark notes version since it's really not super important but basically the islanders were using johnny boychuk on long-term injured reserve which meant his cap hit wasn't a part of the team so they could go as high as they wanted over the limit with six million dollars just based on it's a weird thing to explain but either way so now that they traded boychuk and the ltir because the buffalo had to hit the salary cap floor because they had no players under cap with eichel gone and some of their other assets gone that the Islanders got to trade him to Buffalo, and now they can start accumulating cap space. So instead of only having $2 million in cap space to work with at the deadline, they will now have $10 million of cap space to work with. So that is a huge win for the Islanders in my books because you can probably look at a defensive like Campus Lindholm and maybe some other assets too. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think uh, it, it, it's a smart play by uh, big brain Uncle, move. Uncle, Uncle Lou. He's always yeah. – He's always thinking ahead. Um, it was quite impressive, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely. I definitely think he's like turned around. I mean, like, yeah, he had bad years in Toronto, but yeah, I mean, like Toronto, like Toronto, I think was just. It was just. It's just a pit of just misery, to be yeah. completely honest with you. And I and I think he kind of might have been a half checked out when he when he was when probably he was there and and kind of checked back in once he realized that he was going to have a lot. I think. I don't want to say he had like little to no control in Toronto, but I feel like on Long Island, he definitely feels like he has way more control and way more say than oh, uh, for sure than he did in Toronto. Especially now that he's got trots in the system. He's got you know he's they work perfectly together. They're on the same page with players. I also think he probably had Kyle Dubis breathing down his neck a bit in Toronto, and Dubis is the analytic darling, and I don't think Lou is really that. So I think that's probably part of it. But can't complain. It was a big brain move. I was very impressed once. I think it was cap friendly tweet out what it was about. It was like, Ooh, like that's pretty smart. Yeah. 
Yeah, can't be can't be angry with that. But um, yeah, solid 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 move. Yeah, uh, want to talk about the Eichel trade very quickly. Um, yeah, so I mean that kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I woke up and he was a Vegas yeah, Golden. Literally, it ha- yeah, it happened overnight. Um, one was one of the first things I saw when I woke up. Um, my initial reaction was like, "Holy crap!" Like it actually happened. Like he got traded. Yeah. Because like that was just something I never thought that would happen. Like just because this at this rate. It was just going on for so long, but um, you're telling me, <laughs> yeah. Um, happy for Eichel. Happy that he'll be finally be able to play again um, eventually. Probably but, around March. Sound like March, April, depending on how it goes. Yeah, but um, pretty weak return for Buffalo. Yeah, I was gonna say to be honest, like for for to wait all this time to only get you know Krebs, Tuck, Tuck. a first. And a third, and you gave a third back. It, it's just a. Eh, trade. I wouldn't have minded the trade if it was unprotected because Vegas has had a rough start to the year. They have a lot of injuries. Like, if you want to get Jack Eichel, you're going to throw me an unprotected first, and it'll probably fall in the mid to late twenties either way. But like, what if Vegas doesn't bounce back this season? I mean, it felt like that was Krebs is a good player, and I know they got Tuck because he's from the Syracuse area, and they thought that he'd want to be there, which is honestly a fair thing to do at this point if you're Buffalo, but. It just really didn't seem like a lot for somebody who could be as impactful as I go, but I guess it was the best under the circumstance. And I'm pretty sure I like, uh, hold on. Someone like put out, I think I sent it to you. There's, there was a, there was like an athletic article or something. Basically long story short, the, the Pagulas just did not yeah. want Eichel to go to New York. They did not want to keep him in the New York area on an Eastern team. They were always going to trade him to the West, a Western conference team, which begs the question, why not take the deal that Anaheim was giving you? Because that deal was sweeter. They were giving you better prospects, better pay. Maybe it wasn't true. I guess we'll never know. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I watched the the Eichel Chicklets interview, and he said, like, hopefully within the next couple of years, like, things come out. But, you know, he's – I'm sure he was, will. He, he kind of alluded to there were a few times where he thought there was a trade on the table that Buffalo was going to take and ended up not. He said Colorado to Elliot Friedman. He said that he thought he was going to Colorado for a while. Could you imagine Ooh. if they pulled that off? That would have been insane. Could you imagine, like, you get Nathan McKinnon off the ice and then Jack Eichel hops over the boards? Like, what do you even do? Jack Eichel and Jack Johnson. J&J, baby. <laughs> J&J. I but, guess um, also the Calgary trade turned out to be, which was, like, Matt Kachuk, um, a first, and a couple of prospects, turned out to be fake. And people seem to think that Kevin Weeks was fed this info by former teammate Kevin Adams to push the Vegas trade along. So a lot, a lot of drama around this. It was kind of uh, cool to see and how they manipulated it. But what's done is done finally. Islanders won out of it, so I'll take that. But, yeah, I don't know if you have any other thoughts. Uh, it makes – well, when I go to Vegas in January, we're going to go to see – we're going to go see the Knights – penguins play well, that's so cool. um he won't be there Eichel won't be there but hopefully I he'll be there he just won't be playing <laughs> yeah i mean hopefully he, he hopefully he's walking around the arena and, and i see him at a concession stand or something but uh if not i'll get a jersey yeah there you go <laughs> like they like the taylor hall shirt from the kraken <laughs> oh what could have been it was i was gonna get the jersey man i was gonna legit oh that's right yeah spend the 280 on a jersey <laughs> But yeah, we'll see what happens with Eichel in Vegas. I, I don't know how the hell they're going to do anything in the future from the cap. I think this is a good lesson that will be learned once again, that teams with multiple high-paid players are not going to win. I'm looking at you, Toronto, but we'll see. Give me Nylander. 
Feed me Nylander. Come on. The new the new theory. But yeah, I was happy with the uh that the Eichel situation is finally done. I'm happy that the Islanders got a win out of it. Um wish nothing but the best is Johnny Boychuk. It does kind of beg the question. Everyone's like, because Boychuk was around the team last year and he was like acting as a coach and he was probably doing a really good job. So everyone was like, is he like not a coach anymore? But evidently he's up in Edmonton living there for now and he's gonna be allowed back to coach next season when his contract expires whenever he feels like it so maybe a few years down the line but i don't think we've seen the last of johnny boychuk as an islander so that's pretty cool but that's all yeah and that's cool that he'll eventually be back and coaching in some aspect you know yeah exactly he's a good i mean he's a great guy it seems like he's an awesome guy to have as a teammate and everything so we love to see that for sure um do you want to go over you know what what how many games did the Islanders play since we last recorded? Yes, let me pull that up. Yeah, we could do the uh, the Eastlanders real quick. Let's see. So we recorded last Tuesday, which means oh yeah, so they played one, two, okay, only three games. They went two and one, not bad. Uh, that Montreal game was a uh, thwomping. They were up five nothing within halfway through the game, and then they kind of took their foot off the gas. It, it kind of made me angry because people on Twitter it became five to one. Sorokin lost a shutout. Oh well. It is what it is. Char broke a stick. It wasn't his fault. Then it becomes 5-2, and people are, like, freaking out on Twitter, like, oh, you better not blow this. I was like, are you guys, like, for real? Like, this is the, the dumbest thing of all time. Like, they're not going to – they're just taking their foot off the gas. They've been up 5 nothing since the second period. Like, we need to take a chill pill. But that was a good game. Brock Nelson had four goals, so that's always kind of electric to see. Uh, good to see him getting some recognition. And then they went into Winnipeg on Saturday, got a 2 nothing win. I did not get to watch. I had a game. I scored. That was fun. But they got the 2 nothing win. Um, Anders Lee got a goal, and I believe Nelson scored again. Yeah, so Nelson got a seventh, and uh, they look good. I mean, apparently from what my parents told me and what the Twitterverse told me, they looked like a dominant team, uh, like the usual trots team we know. So that's great to see, really limited uh, – Winnipeg to their chances, and then they went to Minnesota the next day, and they kind of got they they got beat up. I think they got outshot sixteen to three in the third period. They're on a back end to a back to back on a thirteen game road trip, and Varlamov was making his first start since he got injured. So I can't really blame him on that one. But pretty good week overall, I'd say. I don't know if you got a chance to kind of catch anything or have any opinion on how they've been looking, but no, yeah. So I mean, I didn't get to see really much of the Islanders uh, recently. Um, yeah, but busy, busy week. Yeah, kind of busy, but also just um, I think just because the schedules are a little different. Also, it's it's weird because when I'm I, I I used to watch a little bit more when I was home back in Jersey because yeah they usually MSG. would play on the same days and I had MSG. Yeah. So if, now that it's not as readily available to me, I'm not tuning. You're not going to log on to it. Illegal stream. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, usually they're on ESPN Plus too, which True. is awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've seen I've seen a couple games here and there, but um, yeah, I, I I didn't I haven't watched too many. I, I was keeping up with the the Wild game the other day. I know um, that was a tough loss. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. But um, outside oh. of that, I mean, it, 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 I it, my biggest thing on the Islanders right now is that I wouldn't um, and you're you probably have the same sentiment is I would not let their record like scare you or anything. So nah. you see like, Oh, they're seventh in the Metro right now. It's like, 
dude, we're like what thirteen games into the it's season. Always, like, this, yeah. this it's always yeah, it's always moshed up. This means absolutely nothing. <laughs> this team's gonna probably win the Metro and go on to I make hope another so. deep cup run. I mean, <laughs> they're back. To, you know, uh, we're, we're talking about a back-to-back Eastern Conference Final team. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not. Gonna, yeah, you shouldn't. If if you're le- if you're worried by what the record shows and how some guys look, you, it'll it'll be fine. It'll it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Plus, all the Islanders have to do is make the playoffs. I don't care if they're the second wild card. That's all they need to do, and they'll find a way to win two rounds. Also, Hopefully three rounds. Also, I, also, it's just like these guys haven't played at home yet. Yeah. They've like, literally just been on the road. <laughs> the, the fact that they're 5-3-2 and two on the road is fantastic in my book. Like, oh, I love that. Yeah. And then they go home to a brand new arena. The fans will be pumped up. Like, I feel like they're going to win a lot of games at home. So, I mean, you win 30 games at home. 35 games at home, if you really like 35 is probably a lot. I'd say 32 games at home. You really have to win like 15 on the road. So you're within 10 on the road from here on out. That's not bad at all. Like you can easily do that, but we'll see what happens. And Peugeot and Lee, Peugeot got on the score sheet. He needed that. Lee had a two goal game in Win- uh, sorry, Minnesota. And I believe, yeah, he scored in Winnipeg too. So he's finally back on his groove. He's got four goals now. So uh, that's really great to see. But I guess kind of the main story is Ilya Sorokin is a god, and so is Igor Shosturkin. These two guys look amazing. I know Sorokin had a tough game against Nashville a week ago. He played good against Montreal when he had to be. Um, he didn't deserve those two goals against, but it is what it is. And then he had a shutout against the Jets, and Varlamov took the loss in Minnesota. So, I mean, he's been awesome. I know Igor's been awesome. I watched the game most of the game last night, the first half against Florida. And I mean, it is just a treat to watch these two guys kind of battled out. For sure. I mean, uh, if you want to look at, I, I just pulled up um, Igor's last five uh, games uh, by the numbers. In the last five, he's got, um, he's got three wins, one loss and an, and an overtime loss. Um, a shutout against Columbus. Uh, he let one goal in against Seattle. Thirty-two shots. Um, Thirty-two shots out of him. Six, uh, nine, six, nine save percentage. Um, and then yesterday with the win against Florida, uh, forty-five shots, which is insane. Forty-two save, nine, three, three save percentage. So um, yeah. he's he's looking legit this year. I mean, he's really kind of going coming into his own. This year, uh, specifically, I think he's proving to everyone that he is the the goaltender that was promised. Yeah, um, I think Sorokin is too. Like, with same that, with he's, Sorokin. He's, yeah, got, he's, been, he's got he's got 9-3-9 this year. Like nine three nine save percentage, sub two goals against. They've both been insane. Yeah, uh, both guys have been lights out. Um, I think it, the the future of of New York hockey is going to be awesome. <laughs> That's going to be gonna, wild. It's going to be some crazy goaltender battles, especially. In the uh, hopefully in a playoff series, but all right, um, eventually, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. in the next couple of years. My god, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But, um, I but, still don't yeah. think though, I tweeted this out, and I don't know like what your outside opinion is. I don't still don't think Sorokin is the starter. I think a lot of people, I, I that's so tough to say. I think it's definitely like a 1A, 1B, but I think people forget how far he had a terrible, he didn't have a terrible game, he kept the minute when he had to, Varlamov on. Sunday, but like people forget that this guy dragged them, not dragged them, but he was an instrumental part in bringing them to back to back conference finals. And they're using like one game to kind of throw that away. So I think big game playoffs, like it's still Varlamov's crease, but 
I guess we'll see kind of what happens. But it's awesome to see Ilya have that kind of mentor to kind of come up with. And I think that's a better safety net than Georgiev. So I'm curious to see how it plays out with this whole situation with both goaltending tandems. Yeah, I think Varlamov and Sorokin are a better tandem currently. I think. Oh, um, I, I don't think it's even close. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah. Um, I think at this point, I would rather maybe to build up. I don't even know if it builds up confidence at this point for Georgiev, but I would maybe consider sending him down to the A and bringing up Keith. I think I think he might get claimed on waivers, though. I think somebody would take a flyer. I mean, Arizona took a flyer on Scott Wedgwood. I feel like George Yev, somebody has to go for him. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. He has been it, bad it, though. He has been bad enough that's that he the might. Thing. Like, he's been he's been just he's looked really really bad. Um, and and I and I and, and I'm so happy. I mean, it sucks. It sucks for him that the, the McDavid goal happened while he was in that, <laughs> but like. <laughs> Um, which I'm ne- which I'll get to, I, I, and I'm never yeah. gonna live that down. That's probably gonna be something that ESPN and everyone covers for the next ten years, and it's gonna make me want to kill myself every time I fucking see it. But <laughs> um, I mean, he's just been he's just been bad, um, and and it's crazy because like a year or two ago, I if you asked me, I would have been like, dude, Shesterkin and and Georgiev as a tandem's great, but I don't know mm-hmm. what's gotten i don't know what's up with him he's just not playing the way he needs to play to stay on this roster um and it kind of makes sense why the rangers have been drafting goalies the last couple years i think they might have seen that he's not the answer either so um you eventually you eventually kind of have some guys in the ahl that could eventually come up and play backup i think kincaid at this point would be a good backup um and he's, he's proven still, he could play in the NHL. Good. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. He's I, I I think if you have him as a backup, that's fine. If you if you if he he doesn't need to be the long term backup. You, for well, a yeah, year exactly. or two, you could figure out what you want to do. And like if he's just, if it's just one season, you have Kincaid as your backup. You can figure out what you're going to do in a year. Yeah, I think long term. So I think you definitely need um, to figure out that long term deal though, because I think it's so. I think it's you can see with the Islanders how important it is to kind of have a tandem and. Say Sorokin has a tough game like he did in whoops, excuse me. I dropped my AirPods in uh, Boston in the playoffs game one where he was kind of rattled by the crowd. I think they won the game still, but or they lost game one. Either way, yeah, they lost game one like five nothing. That was terrible. Haha, <laughs> jokes on them. But he was kind of rattled there, and you had that veteran president, Varlamov, to kind of come back and back him up and win that series. So I think that's super important for the Islanders, and I don't know who that guy would be for the Rangers. I'm trying to think of a good example like in the NHL, but it's really hard to think of guys like that. But I guess you kind of see it in Tampa Bay too where he had Vasilevsky that has had Brian Elliott now and he had Curtis McElhaney. So kind of get that veteran guy back there, not a shaky young Georgiev. Like he, he, I feel like you can't have room for growth if you got your stirk in a net. He's got to kind of find somebody that can mentor him, like yeah, Varlamov well, and Sorokin. 100%. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be an interesting uh, – it'll be interesting to see where the Rangers go from here. Uh, and um, what they uh, what they do goal tandem wise in the future, and I think yeah, like we've been saying that the NHL uh, it's been trending this way for at least a couple of years at this point now. Um, yep, you need a goal you need a goaltending tandem. You you, you can't have one guy f- play sixty plus games a year. You need to have goalies it's that could split unsustainable time. Unsustainable nowadays. Even if one's better than the other, you just need to have you just need to give your your number one goalie that rest and hope that your one B yeah. can come in and 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 play just as 
good hockey, just as play just as well as your one A. So um, that's how that's 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 that. Um, since we last, I would recorded, have to agree. Um, I don't. Uh, I think the locks that I had, I, I definitely. I so the lock, the one lock we had was that. Um, uh, uh, the, they would win at home against Columbus, and then I said they would win against Seattle, which they did. Um, I think I had and myself then, over like the honors over Montreal. So I think we both hit. Yeah. Uh, well, then I had like so I was all over the place. So I was correct with the Calgary loss, um, and that was just an awful game. I think I turned it off after I was, like. That was bad. I only saw the score, but that's bad. Yeah, I turned it off pretty quickly. I was also out watching. I was like, I'd rather watch the UFC fight than watch this team. <laughs> just pumped. And once I saw it was like two nothing, I'm like, nope. It's it's this is I'm I'm done with that. Um, you could argue that this team should have beat Vancouver and Edmonton. Um, McDavid's goal doesn't go in. They definitely beat Edmonton. Uh, it was also just a collapse by the Rangers. Um, they had a huge lead that Major they just collapse. Um, which. It's kind of a trend that the Rangers have going on right now. Uh, they were also leading against Vancouver. You know, I think there was a two nothing lead they gave yep. up. Um, they had a four one lead against Edmonton. They gave that up. They had a four three lead, and luckily they or, beat they beat Florida yesterday or four one lead nothing. yesterday. Yeah, was it? Yeah, one point it was four nothing, and then it was four one going into four the two. third. I think that was four and three. Then, yeah, in the last minute, <laughs> the last like minute and a half, they gave up two back to back, like within forty seconds, and I was nervous because i was like the, the this team right now um is playing it when they're playing really well they're playing a really good 40 minutes of hockey and then the third period they let their foot off the gas and that's when it all kind of unravels that's the exper- I-, I think it's the experience showing not to cut you off i think it's i think it's a bit of the young talent they're showing like they don't know how to close out a game in my personal opinion I mean, it it could be that I, 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 I'm leaning more towards um, I think everyone is just getting comfortable vets young guys when they have a huge lead um, they're also relying on Igor a little bit too much and uh, you know they keep saying yeah we're relying on him too much but if you're relying on him too much then you got to pack him up and you, you can't especially if you're up 4-1 you know you you cannot let teams come back like that um, Igor is you know facing 40 plus shots a night. He's not going to be able to do this every night for, you know, 45 games. And Georgiev is not the guy. Like we're saying, Georgiev is not the guy right now. So it's a little, it's, it's just really interesting. I think this team is still trying to learn or get adapt to, um, Gallant's system. I -hmm. think, um, I think that's, yeah, it's a big part of it. I, I think I think that's kind of new to them too. Their power play sucks. The Rangers' power play is is, is has been abysmal, <laughs> and five on five, this team is just not producing right now, um, or not producing as as much as they should be. Those are um, two important things to Super Bowl: is five on five and uh, power play. Those are two. No, and it's like <laughs> and, and it's like they don't look bad. I mean, they're scoring, you know, even strength goals, but. Just not at the rate they they realistically should with the the roster they have. I mean, like yeah, it's it's they're it's it's they're not scoring as much as they should, and they're getting scored on more than they should. So they have to just tighten it up defensively and just not overthink it when they have the puck in the offensive zone. Mm -hmm. But uh, the power play, I don't know what's going on there. Um, It worked last year um, under you know Quinn and his guys. I don't know what the the disconnect is now. Um, I don't think Booch not being on the power play anymore or being on the team anymore is really one guy can hurt, but not 
in it should be disastrous sense. Yeah, exactly. And I I think at this point, Gallant should be giving Kako and Lafreniere more time on the power play. Um, Lafreniere probably Kako. I'm you got to get Kako's been good, and I don't know what he did in the off season to piss off the hockey gods because he had a sick assist yesterday that they called. (laughs) That that led to a goal that they called back because Ryan Strom's bitch ass was, <laughs> was it was in um uh who is who is for uh Spencer Knight's face and uh, they called that goal back so um hey, I don't know what's going on with him right now but it, it's it's that he's got to he's got to figure it out but um you know happy they got the points yesterday but um not and I mean. When you look at it in the last, you know, five games they played, they got two, four, six points, and you know they they played some really good teams. It's fair. Um, it's about so, what you expect at this point from them on playing good teams. It's just got to be a growing experience. It's like the Islanders in twenty eighteen, kind of. They're a bit more of a veteran team, but like you got to kind of adjust to the system, especially when it's such a hard, rigid system like Barry Trotz and Gerard Gallant. You kind of just got to adjust to it. That, that's the thing, too. We're, and the Rangers, are thir- they're 13 games into the season, and um, they're realistically, they're, they're, they never have great starts to the season. They don't start putting it together until, like, January, March. So um, I think by then, too, if, if everyone kind of continues to just buy into Gallant's system, works on – everything that needs to get worked on now uh by then we'll be in a good spot um obviously mm-hmm. you know they're they're getting they're winning games now and getting the points they need to be getting um which is good uh but they need to figure it out sooner rather than later i do think um they do need to make a, a move for a top six forward soon um i don't know what that move is um but that needs to happen as soon as possible. I don't possible. think there's even out there right now, to be honest. I I mean, you you, you got to start calling people and just see, you know, what what what's what's out there. You know, even if it's not right now. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a month from now, just start calling. You know, just just throw throw stuff out there. I mean, um, you, they need to generate more offense. Um, they need to so they need to figure it out. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's. It is what it is right now, and it's it's what sucks for me as a fan right now. And I don't know if like I don't know how much you deal with this as like an Islanders fan on like Islanders Twitter, but like right now on Rangers Twitter, it's like it's just like so toxic, and it's probably the most toxic the fan base has ever been. <laughs> People get very, from my experience, overreactionary. People like to just like oh we kind of talked God. about before, like they give up one goal, and you would think the sky is falling. It. it People are kind of ridiculous. I, I I think we're both pretty like level-headed, like trust the process guys. I think in terms of hockey, and I think in terms of like life. So it really makes me angry to see like how overreacting people get in terms of like this stuff. It's nuts. Like I I I get like joking about it, but like there are like a couple of people that I follow that like I'm really close. I, I like and I like their their content because they put out really good like analytic content and stuff, mm-hmm. and they they have good opinions every once in a while. But it's just like for me sometimes it's just like they're just so negative about how they, I get it. The team doesn't look great. We're 13 games into the season. Like they will fix it. There's 82 games in a the season. There's six. What is it? 69 games left. Nice. Nice. Like, we <laughs> will be fine. The team will figure their shit out. We're, we, you gotta, st- like, 
every day. There are two guys. <laughs> one guy in particular every day is just like the, he. You would think it's this team. If they lose the next, they lose the next game. That they we're just the franchise is over. <laughs> we, we're gonna we're gonna sell the entire organization. Yeah. We're never coming back from it. I'm like, dude, it's fine. I'm like, we're also we're also saying a 19 year old and a 20 year old not producing in their second and third seasons is is cause for alarm. It's like um, what someone uh, on Chicklets called Capo uh, uh, Capo. Uh, Kapo Yakupov. I'm like, all right, like, <laughs> let, like, let's pump the brakes there. It's like the kid's in his third season, and and I, uh-huh. you know, he's made he's made strides. But has he looked great this year? No. But has he looked as awful as some people say he has? No, he hasn't. He's just been really unlucky. It's like you, you go through that sometimes. There's there's periods where you're really lucky and you're really unlucky, and it's just unfortunate yeah. for him right now. And I don't appreciate people saying making him the scapegoat and people like, oh, when do you have to question whether he's legit or not? It's like, I I don't know. But if you give up on him after three seasons and then he goes somewhere else and starts lighting the lamp up, it's like, how much of a fucking idiot do you look like? Do we look like? Yeah. I think like people just really just jump to conclusions. I don't think you can really hit the panic button on a guy like that. Or a guy like a veteran guy like I mentioned with the honors, like Peugeot or Lee, or the team in general. I think this is more of a team rule until Christmas. If you're struggling at Christmas, odds are you're probably not going to make the playoffs. I think it's very a very small percentage, like three to five percent of teams outside of the playoff hunt on January first make it. The anomaly being the St. Louis Blues in 2019, who won the cup after being dead last in the league on January 1st, which is nuts. But I'd say January 1st, between Christmas and January 1st, if you're at that holiday break and you're struggling. I think that's a fair time to hit the panic button, but but like now, especially with the season starting a little bit later, maybe we push that to like January fifteenth because the season goes till late April, especially with the Olympic break. So I think there's definitely time left to kind of sort all this out. And just like there's just some stuff that doesn't make sense right now in the league, quite frankly. And I don't mean to disparage these teams, of course, but I I don't think these are going to be teams in the playoff hunt by the end of the year, like Columbus. Detroit is a point out of the wild card right now. Buffalo is ahead of Pittsburgh and Boston. Um, what else is going on? Anaheim's in a playoff spot. San Jose and Los Angeles are in playoff spots. Vegas is in. Colorado is four, five, and one somehow. Like, there's just it, nothing makes sense right now because it's 12 games into the season. So, like, what it's, do we care? Yeah, yeah I, I just don't get why we're overreacting, you know, 15 to 10 to 15 <laughs> games into the season. It's like, did we not pay attention to sample size and like 11th grade, like geometry and not geometry? Like, clearly, I didn't pay attention either. Like, chemistry, whatever you want, whatever sample size was or where you would find it. Clearly, statistics. nobody paid attention. Statistics, whatever. I don't know what you want to, whatever you do. I haven't taken a math class since freshman year of college. But either way, like, the sample size is just way too small to uh, to justify getting any reactions right now outside of like game by game. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to honestly avoid Rangers Twitter as much as possible. I'm so deeply ingrained into it at this point. It's fucking tough. So people just need to have <laughs> just the right to tweet taken away. I see so many dumb things on Twitter. It really just like nobody has any common sense. That goes for hockey and life. I think at this point, everybody. Yeah, 
Yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, I had another point. It's it's uh, and I, I mean we've been going on about it. But Rangers right now, in my opinion, are like the best worst team in the league. Um, they're they're not really <laughs> impressive and statistically and analytically, um, they 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 are horrible. But um, outside of that, they're they're you know they they got a lot of points right now. Um, so yeah, they're in a good spot. They're, you know they're they're they're. They're getting points, and I, I've said it a couple times, I think, in the last couple of weeks. They're getting points where if they lose games at the end of the year, they're going to be thankful they have them early on. And like I That's said, they're, they're a team that usually turns it on later in the season. We've seen it uh, for the past two seasons. Uh, this team in like March, or April, March and April, uh, from like January to March and then a little bit into April, this team usually goes on a tear. Um, and I'm kind of expecting it uh, this year too. Um I think once this team finally fully understands Gallant's system, buys into it, yeah, it takes time. Play going a little bit more. Uh, I think this is going to be a much different team. So um, we'll see what happens. I'm not, yeah, I'm not panicking yet, but I, I just, just fucking stop being so toxic. Man. It's just, <laughs> it's just getting unreal. Um, yep. But I got nothing else really. No. Uh, I guess we can keep it shorter. Have, I, yeah, I mean, I don't have any three – yeah, I really don't have – I guess my one star of the week would be Adam Fox. I mean, he's just limitless. He's just – a nice every, call. He is worth every freaking penny, man. I love him. Um, I'll kind of go on the same vein and give Adam Pellick my my star. I was going to give my other two to Brock Nelson. They had four goals, and I'll give one to Honors Lee because he I, got honestly, back on track. I should, but, I should give Fox the second star. Igor gets the first star because yeah, he's just been, that's he's been lights out. But – Pelic today, there's an athletic article that he's getting heavy consideration for Team Canada. So good for him. That would be you awesome. See, we know Fox is going to be on USA, that. so hopefully Pelic will get his due on Team Canada. So I think that'd be pretty pretty awesome to I, see. And, and you know what, my you know what, I do have a third star. My third star is Chris Kreider. He's off to a red hot start. Hopefully he does not ghost us in a month and just fall off the face of the earth. <laughs> but um, right now, fingers crossed. Knock on wood. He is on pace for 30 goals for the first time in his career, which is crazy to say. That's weird, yeah. He has never had a 30-goal season. When I, I, It's kind of crazy to think that Anders Lee has had 40 and Kreider hasn't even had 30. That's not a knock to Kreider. It just feels yeah, like Kreider should have 30. He's never had 30, and he's been in the league for at least, what, 10-plus years at this point? I think he's the longest tenured Ranger right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, kind of crazy. He's on pace to have thirty, so I'm hoping we we he continues uh, the, the the pace he's going at. He's got like um, ten already, he, so <laughs> yeah, he's looked really good. I'm really I'm really happy with the way he's because you know what he finally I think figured out that I think a lot of most of his goals he's not like he's sniping the puck. He's just kind of adopting the I'm just going to stay in front of the net and I'm going to chip him in. It's it's working for him. So yeah. Um, Hey, you got to go to dirty areas and you got to get rebounds to get goals. That's I no, not Pucks many players are allowed. To, yeah, exactly. Like it's all the old, all the old adages. Very few players can really snipe it from far out. So you got to get some good passes. You got to get to the dirty areas, get some pucks in deep, you know, all the, all the things you say and grind some goals out. But yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess what? my lock of the week. Two would be uh, another win against Columbus. I think. Uh, I think we're gonna. I'd say that's fair. We're gonna pump them again. I think the honor's gonna. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You finish. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe not like a four nothing win like last time, but uh, I definitely see a win in the Rangers' future. And then, um, when is that game? 
their game is Saturday. They got five, they got the next five four days off, so oh, wow. uh, they play a seven p.m. game away, and then they got Jersey the next night. So uh, they will lose one of the two games. They will either lose <laughs> against Columbus or and win against Jersey or vice versa. So um, I think they're better on the road this year than they are at home. So I would say they're probably gonna they're gonna win on the road and lose at home. Fair. I think the Islanders are going to beat New Jersey on Thursday. I think they've won five of their last six at the Prudential Center, including like four in overtime. So we'll go with a 3-2 overtime winner with the game-winning goal by Ryan Pulock. So that's my lock of the week. But yeah, I think uh, we'll keep it a shorter episode. You got the uh, the number of the week, and then we can wrap it up. Yes, sir. So uh, the number of the week is 73 there's only one Ranger <laughs> ever to wear the number 73. Recent, too. 2017. Really? Can you guess who oh, this Ranger man. is? Is he a forward or defenseman? Uh, Forward. 70. <laughs> I think I know who it is. Is it Phil D. D- oh, my God. D. Giuseppe? He wore 43. Ah! <laughs> Close. That's a good I'll, guess. Give you, I'll give you Seven, one more. 73. It's definitely going to be some. Just some stupid player. I already know. He had it. a blip with the Rangers. Yeah, it, it is going to be a stupid player. I don't know who who is it. Brandon Peary. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that is not a name I've heard in a hot minute. Yeah, that guy had a good um, shot. Speaking of snipers, he had a good shot. He's never never put it together anywhere. No, yeah, he he kind of he kind of bounced all over the place. Oh, uh, he, played, he played sixty games for the Rangers. That's nuts. Yeah, sixty games, eight goals, ten assists. Uh, he had a minus eight on the year. Twenty five penalty minutes. Um, he was in and out, man. Just one year with the Rangers. Um, <laughs> at, you know, he was young too. He was only he was twenty five that season. I didn't know he was so young. Yeah, wow. But, um, his most re- most recently, he played one game for Chicago. Um, canceled about it uh, yeah he had, not, he had nothing to do with it obviously <laughs> yeah so um yeah he played five years in chicago three in florida three in three in vegas yeah he spent the last couple years in vegas um kind of on the fourth was, line there with chicago in 2010 11 so i don't know what that that probably doesn't mean anything i don't mean to obviously there's no connection probably he played just, one game in 10 11 yeah. yeah so it was it was it's really not it's really nothing but just and then, and then yeah he was in their minor league system uh he played one game in 10 11 5 and 11 12 1 and uh 13 12 13 and then he was in toronto um, this guy just tore up the ahl my god look at these numbers 42 points in 29 games 52 and 57 35 and 38 75 and 76 i mean ahl stud brandon peary yeah, he's honestly, yeah, he's one of those, um, he's one of those four A guys where um, uh-huh. he has just enough to be really. He's got it put together to where he could be just a really good AHL player, like lights out, like you said every year, put up a ton of number, a ton of points, um, stud in the AHL, but he just. Doesn't he can't put it together, and he's always just going to be like so close to being. He's an NHL guy. He could he could hang with NHL guys, but he's never gonna he's never gonna really be the player that could thrive in the NHL. Um, he's still and, nasty at hockey, so I gotta yeah, give him no, that. I mean, yeah, for <laughs> sure. If you can make the NHL, you're you're really you're much better than most people he in is, hockey. As the old the old Brian Scalabrini, if you guys know who that is, I'm sure you do. He's the Boston Celtics. The Red Mamba. Yeah, the Red Mamba, of course. Yeah, there you go. He said that he's closer to Michael Jordan than like 
and the average person is to him. Yeah, so like, Brandon Peary is closer to Wayne Gretzky than we are to Brandon Peary. Is kind of the moral of the story here. And and the and yeah, I'm not disparaging him at oh, all. Oh no, not at uh, all. It's just um, <laughs> um, he's yeah. So like him and another Ranger that were like two guys that were uh, the perfect AHL guys, but could never really put it together in the NHL. Were Peary and uh, Vinny Letieri. Letieri. Oh uh, yeah, just, I remember just, that guy. He just, got a couple yeah. of games recently. I feel like he played yeah. last year. Um, yeah, I think he's. In, I think he's with Anaheim now. But um, ah, rest in peace. Yeah, he, yeah, but he's just one of those guys where he was exciting when he played, but like, yeah. After a while, you kind of realize that he wasn't as good as you'd hope he could be. Um, but in the AHL, stud. Yeah, just some players just be like that. But hey, forge a good career. You make. 250000 to play some hockey in the AHL. I'll take that every day of the week, quite frankly. Absolutely, man. And uh, that pretty much wraps it up. I got nothing yeah. else, really. We got 40 um, minutes. That's pretty good. Pretty good, good podcast. I'd say a pretty good week for for both teams. I, I would say we're both pretty happy with where we're at currently. It's Both teams have their flaws, but I think we're they're both on a good track. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, they got a few wins. Uh, the overtime losses made me want to rip my hair out but other than that yeah i'm looking forward i still can't to believe it. that mcdavid goal not to rub salt in the wound but that was one of the best goals i've ever seen in my life it was unbelievable just, he took man, the puck one, out of his own like it was three on three one guy, <laughs> one, one, one guy just come on there's four like, of you not one of you not one stick could could mess this guy up there's got to be a point where you just have to tackle him i mean trip him just take the yeah take the risk of him missing a penalty shot <laughs> I mean, it was just a guy. It doesn't get I would, any better. Than I that. would have, ra- I would have rather had that of them do that, and he scores on a penalty shot. Oh, because it's not embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because now yeah. I have to live with that for the next ten years. I hate. It. That's the worst that happens when your team gets scored on like that. They need like, to win a cup so they could just retire it. So, so they'd be like, "Oh, remember that Connor McDavid goal?" And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the Rangers went on to win a cup. <laughs> Suck me. <laughs> Probably will win a cup before McDavid, but. We'll see. Edmonton's going to flop. We all know it. Everybody knows it. They're going to lose in seven in the first round. It happens every year. Sick okay, of it. so, so a, a little off the off the rails type type thing, real quick. Um, in uh, the next couple of years, uh-huh. Connor McDavid will eventually be a free agent at twenty nine. Do you think who? How much money do you think he makes when he hits free agency? Do you think Edmonton keeps him around at twenty nine? One, how long do you sign him for? And two, how much money do you think he makes? He's in the prime of his career. My God. If we figure the cap goes up a mil, we'll say a very generous – we'll say two million on – Four years from now, I think, is when he turns 29. Because we're the same – I am the same age as him. Is he a free agent then? No, I thought he was a free agent after that. Let's see. Uh, I think 26, 27 when the contract expires, I believe. I'm going to go look at spot track really quick. Yeah, he signed for eight years, 100 mil. Um, I think you give him an eight-year deal no matter what. So he is a free agent. Yeah, 29, and he has one, two, three, four seasons left. Wow, that yeah. came up so fast. That's crazy. But Insane. Yeah, literally as soon as his entry level, I think he signed his eight-year deal like in the middle of his third year of his entry level. Not- Edmonton wasted no time extending him. <laughs> I I would give him $20 million. I hate to say it. I <laughs> I, I, what would you go up to? Because I think he's worth it at this point. Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. It's it. It really depends, like how much the the cap goes up. But like, that's very true. Yeah, but I mean, man, it's like 
<laughs> at 29, like do, he's one, in the peak we, of his do, career. That's do we prime. think? Do we think? Yeah, I mean, the Oilers will probably still be on him. How many teams are in on him? Do you think he even? Do you think he goes? I want to test the market. I feel like he has to. There's no way he. he there's no way he can't do that, right? Oh my god, dude! I can't wait. Like for Thirty-two that teams would be in on him. At least <laughs> every team would be in on him. That would be. That's gonna. If I cannot wait for that to happen, because that's gonna be the. That's gonna be the, the the story of the summer. If I'm Connor McDavid, and that's you're right, it would be the story of the summer. If I'm Connor McDavid, I'm telling my rep, I want to literally sit down. Each team has an hour to talk to me. And I would meet with every single team. I don't care how bad they are. I'll meet with Buffalo. I'll meet with Arizona. I don't care. You, you don't have cash space. I'm meeting with you. I just want to would just see what they would say. I, I don't. I, maybe he's what a loyal guy. for him, yeah. I think it depends a lot on what the Oilers probably do in the next four years. Because I think they're probably, if they flop the next two years and there's two years left on this deal, it probably gets to like, oh boy time. Like, we need to figure this out fast before something and then imagine they trade him. Imagine like in the next like, couple of years, <laughs> they just shit the bed and they're like, we have to trade Connor. We have to get rid of him. I don't even know where you would start with the package. That's so chaotic and <laughs> I need that in my life at this point. If the Oilers walked up to you and said, would you, we'll do, we'll give you Connor McDavid for Wafferne, Kako, two firsts and Niels Lundqvist. I'll, I'll fucking drive them to. I will drive the three and a half hours back to back to Jersey to call the Rangers and be like, "All right, where am I meeting these three? I'm driving them to Edmonton in a heartbeat. I don't think twice about that. I say yes immediately. I love that. I think Fuck it's the that. right call. Yeah. I, I who don't cares? Think I- <laughs> Apparently they're busts. So who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Would you trade Lafreniere? Like- Nail Yakupov and a couple other guys. <laughs> yeah, Kapo Yakupov. <laughs> oh my God, Almighty! Yeah, I, I would love to see this happen though. It's gonna come up sooner than we think. I cannot believe that there's four years. Like you, because you said it, I was like, what's, "It sounds what's crazy, right," but yeah, what's crazy is that, like I said, we're the same age, and that's it's coming up so quickly, and that makes me sick to my stomach. Because that means 30. that I'm gonna be thirty <laughs> in like five years. <laughs> yeah. You hate Gross. to see it. Yeah. Hopefully I'm still podcasting by then. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. Hold on. Pause for a second. My two kids are crying in the background. Please just wait one second so we could podcast. Hey, the the, the from brought to Bell Love never dies. So you gotta you gotta nope. rock with it. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 done now. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed uh, on whatever podcast platform you listen to this on. Uh, leave us a nice review, five star rating. Uh, share it with your friends, your family, your dog, everyone you know. Uh, fo- <laughs> follow the podcast account on Twitter and Instagram at From Broad to Bell. Uh, Bell is B E L. Um, follow our personal accounts; they're both linked in the bios of both the Instagram and the Twitter. Um, yeah, that's about yeah, it. I'm good. Kevin, too. you got anything else? Nope. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for listening. We will be back next week. Peace.